Do you spend hours in your head thinking about something that happened, could have happened, or might happen? Do you ask others what to do so you don't make a mistake? Welcome to the Playing It Safe podcast. I am Dr. Z, your host. I am a clinical psychologist, an author, and a person that is super passionate about sharing with you science-based skills to overcome any type of fear-based struggles. Who doesn't experience fear? Who doesn't play it safe? In this show, we will discuss how fear-based reactions happen in day-to-day life, how playing it safe behaviors look like, sound like, and feel like, how you can put into action solid tips from behavioral science to get unstuck from worries, fears, obsessions, and anxieties, and how you can start doing what works, what matters, and what you care about. Behavioral science doesn't have to be boring. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of the Playing It Safe podcast. Today is a special episode because I am going to share with you some ideas about how to relate to your mind, how to relate to thinking, and some of these ideas may sound weird, so bear with me. Here is the background story. In my training as a psychologist, I have been fully trained in evidence-based practices such as cognitive behavior therapy, CBT. Cognitive behavior therapy is a research-based approach for many, many psychological conditions. And CBT is also the umbrella under which many other models of evidence-based practices have been developed. One of these models is Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, ACT. If you have been following this podcast or you have been following my work or my newsletter, you may have heard me saying different things about ACT. So at a personal level, when I was getting immersed in ACT around 2004, 2003, I learned a new way of relating to thinking, a new way of relating to my mind. And this was new and hard and it felt counterintuitive many times. And I will tell you why. In our socialization, in our lives, we have received so many messages that say that we are defined by our thoughts. In fact, it was Descartes who say, I think, therefore I am. And that sounds really cool then. But reality is that times have changed. And what we know these days is that our mind has a life on its own and it doesn't stop. I didn't know that until I learned acceptance and commitment skills. And I really have to step back hundreds of times, thousands of times and check how I was relating to my own thinking. At the beginning, it was really, really hard. And of course, many times it's still hard. But what I can tell you is that I think the idea that we can develop a new relationship with our mind has been liberating in so many ways. Because these days when I have any types of thoughts that are annoying, that are hard, that are painful, instead of being consumed by them, I have learned to step back watch them, see them, 
and ask myself how I want to respond to that thought. You see, these days, that skill of stepping back and watching my own thinking is second nature. But 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that wasn't the case. Because I took my mind too seriously. And I became a prisoner of my own mind. So in this episode, I am sharing with you tiny tips for you to consider if you want to develop a new relationship with your mind. And just to clarify, I am not saying that thinking is bad. I am not saying that using different types of thinking strategies is absolutely wrong. That's not the case. But what I am saying is that if we take every single thought as the absolute truth, if we keep using over and over all types of thinking strategies to manage our own struggles, that's a different story. And that's why I think learning to develop a new relationship with our mind, even though when our mind is criticizing, judging us, and being harsh, it's very important to live the lives that we want to live and to be the people we want to be. So bear with me. This is a very short episode. I hope you find it useful. And if you have any questions about it, by all means, please send me an email. Okay, let's go into the episode. Every day you wake up, your mind wakes up too. And when your mind wakes up, it takes you quickly into places you may not want to go. Worries about the future, fears about things going wrong. Sometimes your mind may take you into places you want to go, like dreams, fantasies, vacations you want to take, movies you want to watch, books you want to read. Our minds are coming up with all types of thoughts, dreams, hypotheses, theories, analysis, cause-effect relationships all the time, non-stopping and without taking any breaks. When our minds come with fun thoughts, fun images, fun memories, it's fine. We are okay with having them. But it's very different when our minds come up with criticizing thoughts, like you are an idiot, with harsh thoughts, how is it possible you're doing that? That's very different. But reality is that every time that something could go wrong, every time that there is a chance that we will make a fool of ourselves or that someone is going to reject us, our mind anticipates those situations. Our minds anticipate those potential awful moments. It's like our mind is checking constantly what could possibly go wrong. And because the mind is constantly checking what could go south, what could be bad, of course, it's going to tell us all types of things to make sure we don't say the wrong thing, to make sure that we don't act in the wrong way, to make sure that no one makes fun of us. The challenge is that many times our mind gets really, really agitated, especially if you have a reactive brain, and looks at everything as a dangerous situation. And because of that, we may feel that we have to act 
quickly and do something when our mind is demanding that we protect ourselves. But all what our mind is doing, it's really, really doing the best it can to make sure that nothing bad happens to us. And sure, sometimes our mind protects us in a very harsh, tough way, tough love. But that doesn't mean that we have to listen to our mind all the time. That doesn't mean that every time our mind is in alert mode, we have to act on it. Those are two different things. So when our minds have all those criticizing thoughts, fears about being an imposter, fears about rejection, worries about something going wrong at work, it's not that it's trying to hurt us. It's actually the opposite. It's trying to protect us. It's trying to take it of us. And it's doing it in a way that it's familiar. It's familiar for our minds to connect letters, words, images, and build narratives about what could possibly go wrong. But the challenge is that if we look at our mind as an enemy within, we're constantly going to be on threat mode. And that's going to be really hard. And if we take our mind's content as the absolute truth, we're also going to be in threat mode all the time. So if we hold on to this idea that our minds are not our enemies, they are not the enemy within, and they are just a protective device that comes with us wherever we go, then we can develop a new relationship with it. Imagine for a second that the busy mind of yours is like a potential romantic partner. And answer these questions. When having worries, fears, anxieties, how have you been dating your mind? How have you been treating that partner of yours that goes with you wherever you go? How have you been relating to that partner of yours that works super hard to protect you from bad things happening? When I ask these questions to my clients, they usually tell me a long list of all the things they have been doing to control their minds. They tell me how they have tried to replace a negative thought with a positive one, how they have tried to use distraction so they don't have to focus in some particular thoughts, how they sometimes tell their mind to stop with a hope that the mind will stop coming up with a worry. Other times, my clients told me that when they are having a thought that they don't like, they imagine their favorite place, so they don't have to think about this annoying thought. But if we can step back for a moment, and we think about what happens when dating comes with a forceful, pushy, and controlling agenda towards a partner. How does it work? I know it's very stressful to be dealing with fears, worries, anxieties, and panic sensations. It's really scary to think of things going wrong. It's really hard to stop thinking about the past. The challenge is that trying to control your mind or trying to control your partner most of the times is not going to have good outcomes for you. 
What about developing a new dating relationship with your mind? What about cultivating a nurturing, caring, and gentle relationship with that overprotective friend of yours? I am not asking you to love or approve or even like all types of thoughts that your mind comes up with. I am not suggesting either that you don't do anything about those uncomfortable thoughts that come your way. But I am suggesting that instead of fighting your mind and trying to control and push down all the stuff that comes up with, you learn to step back and you learn to take your mind for what it is, an overprotective friend of yours, a content generating machine that is coming up with all types of content all the time, up and down, left and right. A pattern-making machine that is coming up with patterns of behaving, patterns of thinking, patterns of understanding your sensations. I can tell you that even though it feels impossible, our minds are coachable, shapeable, and trainable. And I am going to share with you micro-skills that you can use right away so you can start dating your mind as it is, as it comes, with all the sweet, ugly, and good stuff included. Here's the first tip. Let your mind do its own minding. Given that your mind and my mind come up with all types of content all the time, and they never stop, they never take vacations, they never take holidays, do you really think that all the content that our minds come up with is 100% true, accurate, and reasonably all the time. Nobody's mind has the absolute truth all the time. In fact, throughout our day, our minds have thousands of thoughts, images, words, sentences, memories, hypotheses, worries, anxious thoughts, and so on. And when I say thousands of, I mean it, thousands of. There are really thousands of thoughts coming up in our minds all the time. Sometimes our minds come up with very helpful content. For example, when thinking of this podcast, I was thinking of different ways to convey some of this information, the length of the episodes, the type of setting I will need for it. So all that content that my mind came up with was very helpful. But other times, our mind comes up with content that is not very helpful. And we spend a lot of time in our head, dwelling and dwelling, instead of living our lives. Do you relate to that? How often we spend a lot of time searching for information so we can make the best decision? How many times we spend hours worrying about something that could possibly go wrong? How often we spend hours in our head thinking and thinking and sometimes confusing thinking with reality. So here's my tip. Given that the mind is constantly going on and on and on, every time your mind comes up with an avalanche of fearful thoughts, doubts, obsessions, worries, See if you can acknowledge that your mind is working super hard to protect you. 
like an overprotective friend, like a content generating machine. And instead of pushing all those thoughts down or trying to replace them or trying to get rid of them, see if you can tell your mind, thank you, mind. Thank you, overprotective friend of mine. Thank you, reactive brain. And just to clarify, practicing this tip won't make your worries, doubts, anxious thoughts go away. But it will help you to build the skill of choosing when to respond to those thoughts that show up in your mind and when to let them go and move on with your life. Here is another tip to develop a caring and nurturing relationship with your mind. Get out of the content of your mind. So let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you were chatting with your friend and your friend is sharing a story or is telling you about a movie and then you realize that you are listening to your friend but you don't have a clue what your friend is saying? Or when was the last time when you were driving and you ended up at a restaurant that you like? Or when was the last time that you were watching a movie and you forgot that you had a conference call for work? So chances are that all of us will experience one of those situations at some point. And in those moments, we are so consumed and engaged and absorbed with all the stuff that our mind is coming up with. But learning to date your mind means that you need to learn to differentiate and recognize when it's useful, helpful, and important to get absorbed in it, and when it's not. So if you look back at the last month, for example, see if you can recall all the times in which you were fully engaged with the content that was floating in your mind, and it was helpful to you. Sometimes when we care about a project, we are thinking and thinking about this project, right? Actually, that happens to me when I'm writing a book. I am thinking a lot about the metaphor I am going to use, the story I'm going to share. But in those moments, that is super helpful. So sometimes it's very helpful to be present with our minds. But other times it can be really tricky. So when you're feeling stress, when you're feeling scared, when you're feeling fearful, when you are having panic sensations, when you are dealing with obsessions, it's important to remember that your mind is going to work super hard and it may take you into the past or into the future. But the challenge is that if you engage in any of those thoughts, all the discomfort you're struggling with is going to last longer than it's supposed to last. So the irony here is that even though your mind is coming up with all types of very interesting content, it's really up to you to distinguish when you engage into that content and when you don't. What about imagining that your mind the content-generating machine of your mind is like a chessboard. And every thought, image, memory, judgment, hypothesis, dream that your mind comes up with is like a piece on the chessboard. But a chessboard is neither good or bad. 
is just is. Now imagine that all those worries, fears, obsessions that your mind comes up with are like the pieces of the chessboard that you can watch, see, observe, and notice. Here is another tip for you so you can get better and better at dating your mind. Stay in the moment and not in your head. What do I mean by that? If you remember when you woke up this morning, what did your mind do? I know for me, when I woke up this morning, my mind had quickly a list of the things that I need to do, the bike ride I want to take, the book I want to read, the grocery shopping I need to do. So my mind didn't stop. It kept coming on and on with all the things that I need to do. What about your mind? The reason why I ask about it is because, as you have heard me saying over and over, our minds don't stop. They are constantly coming up with all types of things, right? But what happens when we engage with all the stuff that our mind comes up with? What happens when we listen to every single thought that shows up in our mind? It's really hard to be present. It's really hard to stay present with the things that happen in front of us. So I think staying in the moment can be very challenging, given that our minds never stop. But it's also extra challenging when you are dealing with fearful thoughts, when your mind is coming up with worries, when your mind is coming up with sticky thoughts. It's really hard to let the mind be in the background with all the noise that it comes up with and be present with what's happening in front of you. The challenge is that if you continue to stay in your head 24 hours 7, you won't get things done. And not only you won't get things done, you won't be the person you want to be. You won't have a chance to cultivate the relationships you want to cultivate. That's why learning to create a new relationship with your mind means learning to let all types of thoughts come and go without getting hooked on them. So here is my mini tip for you. When a worried thought shows up and you have a strong urge to get lost in your mind, that's the time for you to do the best you can to bring yourself back to the now, to the present, to what's happening in front of you. So the first thing to do is to pause, to take five deep, slow breaths, to focus on the rise and fall of your ribcage, to notice the sensations of the air as it flows in and out of your body, and do your best to switch the focus of your attention to your surroundings. And when I say doing the best to switch the focus of your attention, I really mean that you can choose what to pay attention to, not as a form of distraction from those worried thoughts, but as a choice that you're making to bring yourself back to the present, which is very, very different. If you decide to focus on the present and to notice your surroundings, you can name five things you see, 
you can name four things you hear. You can name three things you smell. You can even try to touch two things and describe them to yourself. And you can even move your tongue to notice any taste in your mouth. If you are in a conversation and your mind is going on and on and on, and you want to bring yourself back to the conversation, you can take a deep breath and put all your effort into focusing what the person is saying. You can notice how they move their lips, their pitch, their tone of voice, and so on. Whether you live in Europe, Asia, South America, Central America, Oceanian, our minds don't stop. They keep coming blah, 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 chap, 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 yap, 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 yap. You have heard me saying that over and over. So this is just a reminder of what the mind does because sometimes we forget. And just to clarify, thinking by itself is a natural ability of our mind. The challenge is when we over-identify with our thoughts, when we over-identify with thinking. So I hope this episode gives you an idea of how you can develop a new relationship with your mind and why it's important to do so. So after this episode, you can do your best to thank your mind for the content that it comes up with. You can do your best to get out of the content of those thoughts and just watch them, see them. And you can do your best to stay in the moment and not in your head. As I say at the beginning of this episode, some of these ideas, skills may be familiar to you. Maybe they are not familiar to you, but I invite you to try them and see how they work in your day-to-day life. See you next week. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, I will very much appreciate it if you will subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. And if you're feeling extra generous, I welcome a review on Apple Podcasts. Show notes of this episode are in the website playingitsafe.zone. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter so you can receive more tips to stop all types of unworkable playing it safe actions. See you soon!